Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise, and normally how we do it, I would read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. However, today I just wanted to read a poem that I just wrote willy-nilly <laughs> um, in my spare time. And it's really short. I won't be before you long concerning this poem. But I was thinking of my future hubby on today. And this is the poem that I came up with. It is called, I See Myself Loving You by yours truly, moi, Teresa Reese. <laughs> so here we go. This is the way I see myself loving you, embracing the essence of all that is you. During the good times, enduring the bad, remembering the great memories we built together during times when you are sad, accepting the unlikable parts of you understanding your authenticity too, appreciating every fiber of your existence, displaying my genuineness towards you every chance I get. I see myself loving you for you, period. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And I really just wanted to talk about whether or not you like yourself. I know it's a strange topic, but I really wanted to talk about it. Um, And whether or not whenever you see yourself with whether it be your future um, hubby, your future partner, or whether it be just by yourself being content in your singleness, um, whether it be in your marriage, being content in your marriage, and not just content, but like really truly in love um, with your partner, doing life with your purpose partner. Like, do you see yourself liking you where you are at in this current phase of your life, in this current season of your life? Do you actually like yourself? And so the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because me and a very dear friend of mine, um, we were having this conversation and we were talking about um, how we have, I shared my personal experience and she shared an experience that someone shared with her in terms of people being in relationships where they didn't even like the person. And so I wanted to dig a little bit deeper and I was like, do you like yourself? When I think about the time that I spend by myself, I really genuinely enjoy my own company. But I don't know how many people share those same sentiments. And the reason why I say that is simply because there have been times that I have listened to people and they're like, I don't like eating by myself. I don't like to be alone. I don't like to go to the restaurants by myself. I don't like to do those things. And so my question is, do you like yourself? Do you like yourself? Do you like who it is that when you see yourself in the mirror, when you see your reflection, do you like what you see? Do you like 
what it is that you and who it is that you represent. Do you like those things? Step one, pay attention to your thoughts. Step two, keep a thought journal. Step three. Alexa has decided to take all the way over this podcast. Hmm. Do you like yourself? I don't have an answer for that. So I I think that's really funny. And guess what? We're going to keep it just like that. She had something to say. I'm going to let her speak. So um, when I think about that, when I think about do I like myself, the answer for me is yes. And one of the reasons why I believe that you can get to a point where you truly like yourself is when you can be completely transparent with yourself, when you can acknowledge your strengths, when you can acknowledge your weaknesses, when you can notice your flaws and you can call them out like you're reading a dang list, you know, when you're able to do that and then you still see that, okay, with all of that, with all of my imperfections, with all of my flaws, I'm still likable. Um, with all of the things that maybe I don't get a hundred on, I'm still likable. With all of the things that I wish that I could do better, I'm still likable. So do you like yourself? Do you like how it is that you handle confrontation? Do you like how it is that you minister love to other people, even to yourself? Like I truly took a moment today after I went and I um, you know, pretty much arranged a few things, rearranged is really what I did today. I rearranged my entire office and um, I do that from time to time. Sometimes I just get bored of looking at the same atmosphere, so I'll change it. And so I did that on today. And so after I got done, I was like, you know what? Okay, I like the new setup and now I'm extremely tired. So now that I'm extremely tired, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and lay my behind down. So what I thought was going to be a simple, um, what, maybe an hour? Thought I was just going to be sleep for an hour. Um, at one hour turned into five hours. So I honored myself. I actually honored. And it was so funny because normally I don't want my children to wake me up. And so I guess now it's ingrained in them. So I literally, when I woke up, I told my daughter, I was like, why did you let me sleep so long? She said, because I don't want to make you upset. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, well, then there's that. Thank you for respecting my little space. And so we still did everything we needed to do. It's just that it took a little bit longer this time um, because I chose me. But the fact that I was able to choose me. Um, The fact that I'm learning how to listen to my body and I'm learning how to not make excuses. That used to be what I would do. So I used to fight my sleep like nobody's business. And I had that really, 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 really bad to the point that I would stay up to two or three o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm going to be quite frank with you. I believe part of the reason why it was that way is because I was fearful of dying in my sleep. Um, anytime that you're diagnosed with a tumor in your brain and you don't know why it is that it keeps resurfacing itself and they're telling you that it's benign, but it's in a malignant location, um, you may find yourself battling anxiety. And so that is something that has happened to me from time to time. Um, and so I would fight my sleep. I would fight my sleep because I just wanted to wake up. So I just kept my eyes up open. And so um, now I've dealt with that. I've been able to acknowledge like, oh, girl, if it's your time, it's your time. Um, You know, you've done your best to put some things in place to where 
when and if God calls you home anytime soon or later, you know, Lord, I ain't putting the time on it like I used to. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I used to I used to not see myself living past the age of 30. It's crazy how we can put certain boundaries or certain word curses, really, where we can speak things over ourselves because of fear, where we can try to make that our reality, our reality self-sabotaging because of fear. And I'm so, so glad that God didn't listen to everything I say about me, that my thoughts and that he didn't just take everything so literally like, OK, your wish is my command. Boom. <laughs> I'm so glad he's not. I'm just so glad he's not like that. Um, but yeah. And so I had to get through that. I had to get through the whole not going to sleep because I was afraid of not waking up. Um, and so, yeah, when it comes to liking yourself, like and even with that, I didn't like those thoughts. So guess what I had to do? I had to change them. I didn't like having those thoughts. I didn't like thinking that oh when you shut your eyes you may never open them up again and I mean that may be true later 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 on in life but why was I making that my reality then it was fear it was fear of the unknown it was being afraid of what I couldn't control and I feel like that's what happens in some relationships sometimes people stay in relationships with people that they just really don't even like they don't like being in their space. And you know, and that's what I heard happen during this pandemic. What I heard took place during this pandemic is that a lot of relationships ended. And they ended because as long as there were pacifiers, as long as there were ways to mask your true identity, as long as there were ways to mask how you truly felt, because maybe you hung out with the boys on Wednesday, or you hung out with the girls on Friday, or you were able to go, you know, work out so many days a week. But now you're forced to have to live with this person and see this person day in and day out. And so some of the things that you would excuse, some of the the quirks that they had that you would excuse away, now you find yourself having to put up with it. And it's like, ugh. I don't even like you. And so I like how my friend said it. She said, sometimes people are just collecting years. They don't even like the person that they're with. They don't even like themselves for sticking with the person as long as they have. And so they're just collecting years just to say, I've been with you for X amount of years. But do you like yourself? Do you like yourself in this realm of this relationship? Do you like yourself and who it is that you become because you're entwined with this person, intertwined with this person? Do you like who it is that whenever you look in your look at your reflection and you look in the mirror, do you like yourself? Do you like what you see? Do you like when you hear your own voice? Do you like the words that are coming out of your mind? Um, are you losing your mind because you can't stand yourself? Like, what is your truth? What is it about you that makes you likable or unlikable? And can you live with those choices? Can you live with the fact that maybe you are unlikable? Or do you want to change that? Can you live with the fact that you are likable? How do you maintain that? I just wanted to know because I literally found myself asking that. I was like, I, I believe it goes way beyond do I like the person that I'm dating or do I like the person that I'm committing myself to? Do I even like myself? Because I believe that that will mirror what you attract. So if you like yourself, then I believe that you'll start to attract people 
that like themselves. And if you do happen to attract someone that is insecure or that doesn't like themselves, that doesn't even love themselves, then you should be able to like yourself enough and to love yourself enough to recognize those qualities in that person and maybe figure out a way to speak the truth and love, guiding them in the direction to learn how to love themselves, to learn how to like their own company. So one of the things that I have loved about my singleness journey, because I know a lot of times people are so quick to talk about what it is that they love in their relationships. But what it is that I love with my relationship with self is the fact that I am learning how to respect my own views, how to respect how I see things, how to not judge myself for seeing things the way that I see things. Um, and to allow myself room to grow, to be able to expand my mindset, to be able to expand my views, to not limit the way that I think, to be open to suggestions, to be open to new insights, to learn and glean from people that have pretty much been in certain experiences before I have, how they mastered it, to see how that can work in my favor for my own self. Like I've just expanded in so many ways in terms of how will I choose to like myself? What can I do differently? Not just from an, an aspect of diet. Okay, past that. When it comes to right relationships, because I feel like whenever you are in, this is the first thing that comes to mind, so this is what I'm going to talk about. I believe that whenever you are in a abusive relationship, whether it be verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, spiritual abuse, or all of the above, there's something within yourself. This is just my personal belief that is causing you to have those type of experiences. Maybe it's the recording that you keep playing back in your mind. I'm not worthy of being loved. No one is ever going to desire me. This is the best that I could do. Maybe playing those tapes over and over and over again has caused you to draw those type of experiences to yourself. But when you reframe that, and you start to say, I am worthy of abundance and love. I am worthy of abundance and joy. I am worthy of abundance and peace. I am worthy to have a right relationship with each and every individual that ever crosses my path. I am worthy of being liked. I am worthy of being loved. I am worthy of experiencing life in so many facets that I literally will have a cup that is running over because those experiences are so rich. They are so great. They are so beautiful that I am just overwhelmed with awe. I deserve to like myself. I deserve to love myself. I deserve to be liked and I deserve to be loved. When we start to affirm and when we start to convince our mindset that this is what I need, this is what I deserve, this should be a part of my experience, my living experience. This should be something that I literally deal with, welcome, am on a regular basis. I was looking at a show and I was just because I, I like to look at and, and I try to look at stuff from behind um, why people do what they do. And 
my background is paralegal. So I'm drawn to a lot of the legal shows. I'm just, I'm so drawn to those. I love anything with suspense. I love anything with, you know. So as I'm watching this particular show, I was paying attention to how it is that this young man, an innocent young man, was placed in a situation where he was falsely accused. And I thought about the things that he was doing that led up to the false accusation. And a lot of what he was doing was considered criminal activity. So although he was operating in that capacity of doing criminal acts, part of his criminal act was not murdering someone, although that murderous label was placed upon him. And because he had been in certain situations, it was not unbelievable for the jury to believe that he had the capacity to also commit murder because he had been guilty of all of the other things previously. And I started thinking about how people view certain situations it's almost if you if you hear it long enough or if you see it long enough, you begin to believe it. So even if you know that it's a lie, if you keep on playing that recording over and over and over and over and over again, you start to question if whether or not it's the truth. And I feel like that also plays a part when it comes to how we see ourselves and if we like ourselves and if we love ourselves. You may know based upon the testimony of others that you are likable. You may know based upon the testimonies of others that you are lovable. But the tape that you keep playing over and over and over and over again is the one that tells you that you're unworthy of being liked, that you're unworthy of being loved. And so then when someone actually presents themselves that is genuine, that doesn't have an ulterior motive, that is not trying to sabotage you, that only has your best interest at heart, you are viewing them from the bad recording instead of for who they truly are. So because you don't like yourself, now you're looking at them and you're like, why do you like me? Nobody else does. Why are you even here? You shouldn't be here. No one ever stays around. They always leave. You shouldn't be any different. If you knew what was best for you, you'd, you'd walk away. Walk away before I taint you. I'm not likable. Haven't you heard? Instead of allowing them to present to you a brand new recording of what it is that they see, a brand new tape of the fact that you are so fun to be around and the fact that you literally brighten up their day and the fact that you literally brighten up a room when you walk into a room to the like they want to give you a brand new tape a whole brand new tape about how likable and lovable you are but you've grown so accustomed to this terrible tape that you refuse to let it go because now you're so connected to it. You've memorized every word on it. You recite it in your sleep. And that's the only way you see yourself as unlikable. When you have someone that's genuine, that's trying to show you this is every bit of who you are now. 
I'm not trying to dwell on your past. I'm not trying to focus and hone in on what everybody else and what all they said bad was bad about you. I'm not trying to let that be my focal point. That's what they do. That's why you haven't experienced the essence of who you are as a likable and lovable person because you keep rewinding those tapes. Those are of the past. You're a whole new creature with brand new mercies every single day. Why would you want to hold on to the broken tape? Let me present to you a brand new recording of who it is that you are because I've been watching you. I've been paying attention to you. I've been inspired by you. I've been moved by you. Why come you won't play this tape? This is the tape that reaffirms you. This is the tape that builds you up. Why aren't you playing this tape? Get rid of the other one. As a matter of fact, hand me that tape. I'll destroy it. Let me put something new into your memory bank so that you can play the recording of being uniquely and wonderfully made so that you can play the recording of being such an awesome and amazing human being so that you can play that back over and over and over again until you start to change the narrative. In this particular show that I was watching, the young man was like, I know who they say I am. All of those are lies. That's not who I am. Yes, I have been guilty of doing X, Y, and Z, but I would never murder anyone. So what he ended up doing, he literally ended up having to change his mindset so that the prison that they had placed on him would not be the prison that he resided in. He had to elevate his mindset so that he could live outside of those prison walls and start to see himself and like himself in a whole new light as a whole new human being. So that the next time he presented himself to the probation people, he would not be reciting what they said he was. He would have a new defense. He would be a new character, a new creature. Same person, different narrative. Same person, different author. So he studied the law. He studied the law so deep because he wanted to be equipped to fight the battle properly. See, he had people that were misrepresenting him. They never took the time out to know the person. They only knew what had been fed to them. And although they were getting paid thousands of dollars, that didn't matter. You're who they say they are. I'm not going to fight for you. I don't know you like that. Who's fighting for you? Are you even fighting for yourself? See, a lot of times people will present circumstances or they'll, they'll, you'll be in a circumstance. Let me rephrase that. You'll be in a circumstance where based upon someone's views of you, they'll want you to give up. They don't want you to put in nobody's fight. They don't want you to put in nobody's nothing. They want you to give all the way up. Now, if you opt to do that, then you'll never get the opportunity to show them the essence of who you truly are. But if you do the opposite, if you do the opposite, you could very well end up showing them who you were always meant to be. Do you like yourself? Do you like yourself? I think you should. And if you don't, why don't you? 
Who has told you and who has convinced you, even if it's yourself, that you're not likable? And what can you do to change the narrative of that? What can you do to change the trajectory of how you view yourself? Sometimes it takes a lot of, a lot of work. A lot of work. But remember, you are and always will be worth putting in the work. It doesn't matter who they say you are. It matters what you answer to. And I remember there was a pastor that said that a long time ago. He was like, it don't matter what people call you. It's what you answer to. If you convince yourself that you're not likable, then you'll do unlikable things. If you convince yourself that you are likable, then guess what? You'll operate and you'll do things that are likable. Same with love. Same with hate. Same with indifference. (laughs) It's the same thing. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So if if you like yourself, great. If you don't, I encourage you to find out why. Dig a little deeper. Find out why is it that out of nowhere, I just convinced myself that I wasn't worth liking or loving. Why? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? And how can I change that narrative? The answers are within. You'll find them. You'll discover them. And you'll be all the better for it. I hope that this encourages someone. However, this is going to almost conclude my episode. I'm going to read a letter to my future hubby. It is dated July the 25th of 2021. Dear future hubby, these days are flying by ever so quickly. However, I managed to fit time in to check on my mom and dad. I really need to speak to my grandfather, my mom's dad, especially since he's been heavy on my heart these past couple of days. I asked my mom when was the last time she's spoken to my grandfather, and she said it's been a minute. I understand how life can pass us by, but it's important to me for us to reach out to our loved ones as often as we can, simply because life is way too short. I remember twice when I thought I had more time and I was sadly mistaken. The first time is when my friend Misha was heavy on my heart and mind. And this was for about two weeks straight. So one day I decided to reach out to her via the social media site only to discover my dear friend had passed away a few weeks prior. Imagine how devastated I was. I didn't realize it had been a couple of weeks that I had spoken to her because the time had passed by so quickly. But each time that she was laid on my heart and on my mind to reach out, I should have responded, but I kept thinking that I had more time. 
so I never got a chance to truly say goodbye to her. The other time was when I found out about my uncle, my uncle Charlie. We used to go to the movies every Monday and life had gotten the best of me. And so in the course of life getting the best of me, I had literally not seen my uncle in four weeks. So I remember my daughter saying, we need to go see Uncle Charlie, Mom. We need to go see Uncle Charlie. So I made it a point to go visit Uncle Charlie on this particular day. A friend of mine was at the door and he worked for the post office. He handed me his mail and he started talking to me about my Uncle Charlie. I didn't catch it at first, but he was talking about him in past tense. So as he spoke, I'm listening to him and something, as soon as he left, of course, I knocked on the door, but I noticed how the dog wasn't barking. So I was banging on the door and I was like, Uncle Charlie, I'm here. I'm here. Didn't hear the dog barking, which I thought was strange. A few minutes later, a young man comes up to me and says, who are you? And I tell him. And he said, who are you looking for? And I told him I was looking for my Uncle Charlie. So he says his whole name. Is that who you're looking for? And I said, yes. He said, ma'am, we buried him this past Saturday. I had to stand with that news. I didn't get a chance to tell him goodbye. So although these days are passing quickly, I hope that you are taking time out to reach out to those people that mean the most to you. Because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. Y'all, all the bloopers. Alexa having her, her say her conversation the whole nine yards. <laughs> Guess what? I don't pre-record anything. So what you hear is what you get. But I still hope you were blessed. Y'all have the most amazing morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there's only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.